the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every one of us were born with a, with a sin nature. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, I know that already, but why do we need to really uh, uh, understand what's going on? It, it, it has to do with that, with that experience of love. It's, it has everything to do with understanding the love of God and how we can express that love to one another as well. Every one of us were born with a sin nature. Uh, as you know, nobody taught you to violate the law of God. You just did it. Nobody ever taught me to lie. My parents never taught me to lie. Uh, my parents never taught me to think bad things about other people. I just figured it out myself. Why? Because I and all of humanity, all of us, were sinners by nature. And as we grow up, we nurture that nature. And that's why we need to come to grips with the fact that we are separated from God even at birth. Now that has nothing to do with whether God loves us or not or anything else. It has everything to do with the nature that we find ourselves in. Uh, the verses that we just read indicate our separation from God in, in three dif different aspects of life. At one point in our lives before we came to faith in Jesus, before we were born again, the Bible says that all of us, okay, all of us used to follow the ways of the world. We were worldly. What does it mean to be uh, worldly? Uh, it means we tend to adjust to the popular culture and trends. We embrace the idea of the secular wisdom without regard to God's revealed word. Without, re without regard to the revelation that God has given us through Christ Jesus. That's what it means to live in the world. Uh, the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity against God. Now, when I speak of the, wor the, the word world, as the Bible speaks of it, it's, it the world is, is that system in humanity that attempts at managing every area and every issue of life outside of God's rule. The Bible says and the Bible testifies that all of us at one point were separated from God evidenced by the fact that we follow human standards, human instincts, human laws. Everything that we created for ourselves, that's what we follow outside of God's revealed word. The second thing uh, that, 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 that shows that we are separated from God is that we follow the ways of the devil. The Bible says the devil is the ruler of this world. And, and uh, you, may, you may be thinking, you, you're crazy. You're calling us all devil worshipers? No, I'm not calling anybody that. I, I don't even think that we think about that consciously. Now, I knew I, I wasn't serving the devil even though I was not a Christian. That's not the point. The point is the devil has been deceiving people from the beginning. Uh, he, he tries to deceive people into thinking that there's always an explanation to everything 
outside of what God has revealed in his word. I mean, that's, that's, that's the devil's primary scheme, you know, to deceive people into thinking that God is not involved in our lives. Okay, there's always an explanation to what happens in the world. There's a social and physical and psychological explanation, scientific explanation uh, that on, on everything that happens in the world. I mean, that's his primary weapon, to get our thinking away from recognizing that there's a God and recognizing his rule in this world. When people kill each other, uh, when, when, when people uh, exhibit injustices and things like that, all the things that happens in a world that are bad, uh, the devil's job is to make sure that there's an explanation for it and that there's no hope outside of what can be explained. The third uh, evidence that we're separated from God is that we follow the ways of the flesh. We surrender easily to the desires of the physical senses. This we all can relate. Before becoming a Christian, our desires are not spiritual. Our desires are not towards God. They're towards our physical and fleshly appetites. These are the signs that we are alienated from God and that His love for us, although always present, is not understood, expressed, or experienced then once we recognize our alienation from God, once we, once we begin to realize that we are separated from God, the Spirit of God begins to, to urge us on, begins to woo us into uh, bringing us to the understanding of God's love. We have that capability. God has given us every light possible so that we can respond in faith to what God wants to reveal uh, to us. So it's important to understand that once we recognize our alienation from God, the process of recognizing God's love will begin. John 6, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless my Father who sent me draws him. The word is El Kuo, and I will raise him up in the last day. Uh, listen, God is inviting us to a relationship with Him. I want you to take a few moments this morning and just begin. This is 2021. Let's just begin to recognize the, the relationship we have with Jesus. The relationship we have with God. What's, what's the quality of it? What's the nature of it? Uh, don't, don't shut me out in this message. Okay, some of you are listening. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. And you have heard the gospel the fact that you're hearing the gospel, the fact that Jesus came and died for your sin, uh, the fact that he offered his life so that he can give you eternal life, that's God's way of wooing you. That's God's way of inviting you to a relationship with him. You need to take that step of faith to receive that invitation because God is not far away. From you. God is not far away from us. The Bible, in fact, says that He is as close to us as our breath. But God is wooing us. He's inviting us. He's trying to bring us to that relationship because He wants us to experience the love that He has offered to us by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, next, there's a second thing that happens when we recognize God's grace and truth, and that is we are regenerated and made alive in Christ Jesus. Look at verses 4 to 6. But because of His great love for us, 
God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In Christ we have been born again. Once you come to faith in Jesus, once you say to Jesus, Jesus, I recognize who you are. I recognize you are God's son. And I put my faith and trust in you. And I receive you in my life. And I invite you to come in and take over my life. The moment we come to that place in our lives, the Bible says that we are regenerated. Once we are dead because of our transgression, because of our separation from God. But when we make that Step of faith. God says, I will give you a new nature. I will regenerate you. And at that point, loved ones, you and I are going to recognize that we are saved. Because we will understand that our salvation uh, is a demonstration of God's love for us. There are two critical things uh, that we must grasp in order to be sure uh, we are saved, okay? And I, I want to say this carefully because I don't want to risk any misunderstanding. Uh, two things that we need to, to recognize uh, in our lives to know that we are saved. First of all, we are not saved by God's love. We are saved by grace, access through faith in the word of Christ. It was grace and truth that saves us, not God's love. Well, you're out of your mind, Pastor. Of course I'm saved because God loved me. Not necessarily. I can tell you, not because God loves you and me doesn't mean we're saved. That's important to understand. God loves people. He loves everybody. But not everybody will spend eternity with Him. Only those who are saved. Only those who have accepted Christ by faith because of the grace that God has given them. So it's very important for us to, to, to recognize that. People say, oh, God loves me. Of course He loves me. He's going to save me. Not necessarily. God's love doesn't change. God loves you and I. But that doesn't mean we're saved. We are saved by putting our faith in Jesus. The Bible says we are saved by grace, through faith in Christ Jesus. Uh, don't presume that because God loves you, and He does, that you're going to heaven or that you are saved. You need to take that step of faith, to come to faith in Jesus. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 24 says this, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word, there it is. That's truth. And believes him who sent me has eternal life. And he will not be judged. That's grace and mercy. But has crossed over from death to life. Again, in Titus 3 and verse 5, it says, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Second thing we need to understand about this this being saved, this salvation is our ability to love other people is rooted in our capacity to demonstrate those same grace and truth. I want to say that again. We are saved 
by grace through faith. Faith in what? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. Now, once we are saved, once we are born again, we now have the capacity to share that love to other people by the same vehicle of grace and truth. Okay? And that's how we know we have the love of God and we have the love for one another. There's a demonstration of grace and truth even in the body of Christ. Okay, especially in the body of Christ, especially in the church. How do we know that the church uh, is a loving church? There's always the presence of grace and truth. In fact, Jesus illustrated this very, very clearly in the gospel from Jesus' words himself. Uh, Matthew 18, 15, 20. Listen to this. This is a familiar passage in the Bible for you. But let, let, me, just, let me just read this, a couple of verses uh, to demonstrate this whole, to illustrate and demonstrate this whole issue of love expressed through grace and truth. Verse 15, Matthew 18. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, are gathered in my name, there I am with them. The Bible clearly illustrates this whole thing about grace and truth. It says that if you really want to love someone, if you really want to express your love to someone, you need to point out the sin. We need to point out the sin. Isn't that exactly what God has done for us? He loves us so much that He points to our transgressions and says to us, I'm going to give you a way out. I'm going to give you redemption. I'm going to give you forgiveness. That's what we're supposed to do. The Bible says that if, if, if someone in the body of Christ, someone in the church have sinned, you know, the way you demonstrate love is that you go to that person, just between the two of you, and you will discuss the problem. You will discuss the issue. When the person that, that is in sin refuses to listen to you, what does it say? It says, oh, give them up? No. It says, show them grace and mercy. Don't give up on them. Call somebody else. Call another person to help that person out. To get that person to a place where their relationship with God is uh, right. It's corrected. And that the, the, the penalty of sin will not be incurred on them. You don't give up on them. And once you have done that and they still refuse, what does the Bible says? The Bible says, call the entire church. Loved ones, that's a demonstration of grace and mercy. That's an expression of love. You don't give up to a person who is falling away or who is living in sin. You and I, as a whole body, will go there and try to show grace and mercy. Okay? Now, 
here's where the, the, the main point of this sermon comes into play. The Bible says that if the person still refuses to accept grace and truth, it says, don't stop loving them, but you're going to have to let them go. Now, that's exactly what God does to us. Time and time again, God is wooing us. He's calling us. He's inviting us into a relationship with Him. He's trying to call us to a relationship with Him. He wants to express His love toward us. The, the love that we only know uh, intellectually and that we only assume, He wants to make that real by showing to us grace and truth. But if we refuse, God doesn't stop loving us. He just doesn't get involved with us at all. And that's what really the separation from God is. You know, people ask me all the time, what is hell going to be like? And, you know, people think hell is going to be this place where you get, you're sick and there's fire and it's hot and all of that stuff. I don't know. I've never been to hell. Neither have I been to heaven. But here's what we know is going to be the real bitter punishment in heaven. The fact that God has shown us His love time and time again and we refuse and we miss the opportunity. That to me will be the eternal punishment in hell. The fact that you had an opportunity, that I had an opportunity and I rejected it. Where is the love in that? The love is intact. God still loves us. God still offers us. But if we don't heed the invitation, even though God loves us, we still need to receive his grace and his truth. Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth, that's not speaking of believers binding the devil, by the way, okay? I think I've said that many times. It's speaking about binding us together in truth and grace, okay? Whatever you bind on earth, he's not speaking of some whatever, you know, catastrophe or whatnot, or the devil himself. He's speaking about binding us together with the love of God. Whatever you bind together on earth will be bound in heaven. Okay? Whatever you let loose on earth will be loose in heaven. This is simply what Jesus is saying. You need to demonstrate my love to the world, to each other. Okay? And when you decide to love one another as I have loved you by showing grace and mercy I'm going to be there with you. I will support you on that. My presence is there. When two or three are gathered in my name, in the name of truth and grace, that's a demonstration of my love and I am present with you. I'll back you up on that. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has everything to do with demonstrating and expressing the love of God. There's a final point that we need to recognize. Number one, of course, we recognize that we are alienated from God. Secondly, we are regenerated and made alive in Christ. And finally, God's love expressed in His grace and truth reconciled us to God in order for God to accomplish His purpose. Okay? Reconciled us in order to accomplish His purpose. Verse 7 to 10. In order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
That's an amazing, amazing verse. What's the purpose of uh, expressing, of God expressing His love through, act, through the act of grace and the proclamation of truth? It says we have been saved by grace, not by works. This was God's purpose from the beginning, that through us who are saved will also demonstrate and express that same truth and grace to the world. That is an, the evangelistic and redemptive purpose of the gospel for God's people. How did Jesus demonstrate the love of God? Through grace and truth. Every miracle Jesus performed was based on love expressed through grace and truth. Every sermon he preached is based was based on grace and truth. Even in his death on the cross, he was demonstrating God's love by showing people grace. Father, forgive them for they, not, they do not know what they're doing. And expressing the truth of God's word. I want you to have two more things uh, to lay in your heart before we close. God's love infused with grace, mercy, and truth brings about an invasion of God's supernatural power in our mundane day-to-day -day lives. What do I mean by that? As we live our lives, God will almost certainly uh, give us the presence of His love by showing us the supernatural power of the gospel in our lives. Have you ever witnessed to someone? You know, sometimes we're afraid to share uh, to people because we're afraid that they might reject the Lord. Our job is to just witness. And the reason why we need to witness for God's love, and I hope you understand how to do that now by demonstrating grace and truth, is because God purposed it for it. The only other thing we can take with us to heaven besides ourselves is another person. So this is a mandate. This is a, a mission that God has given us to demonstrate or express His love to the world through the body of Christ, through the church, by us in turn showing them Jesus full of grace and truth. If we really want to see God's supernatural hand work in our lives, uh, let's focus on that grace and truth. Any, anyone we encounter, we need to be truthful about, about who they are. We need to be truthful about what to tell them. If they don't know the Lord Jesus, we need to tell them about the Lord Jesus with grace, mercy, and truth. By grace meaning gentleness and respect, but also giving them the truth. Secondly, we were created not just to experience God's love, but to express it as well. And I think I've, I've made that point already. Now, in closing, I'd like to, to challenge everybody this morning that uh, this sermon is about understanding that God loves us. God loves you. God loves you with an everlasting love. He loved us with an everlasting love. Again, I repeat that verse. God demonstrated His own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now the implication of that is immeasurable. Jesus accomplished on the cross grace and truth, the application of which is seen in the forgiveness and removal of His wrath and the removal of our guilt. Okay? And once we come to faith in Jesus, once we realize that that's what we have, let me tell you, loved ones, no more doubt 
about whether God is participating in our lives. No more, God with, no more doubt whether God is involved in our lives. We can experience it. We can know it in the way we deal not only with our relationship with God. I'm always thanking Him because of His grace in my life. I'm not perfect, neither are you. But because of God's grace, I'm confident, am I not? And you're confident. Okay, sometimes when we pray, we, we can't pray, uh, you know, with, with any kind of confidence and courage. Why? Because we don't really believe that God has given us grace and mercy. You know, we still condemn ourselves, right? Sometimes, you know, and I pray, I remember all of the sins in the past, and you know what? I get discouraged. But that's not true. When we received Jesus and we were born again, everything was wiped out. That's grace and mercy. Grace means I'm getting something I do not deserve. And mercy says, I am not getting what I do deserve. And God says, it's because of my love for you. That's why you received that. And then we have the power of God's word that tells us the truth to live by. And we know when we walk in grace and truth, we know that God's love is with us.